HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. For more information, visit meusa.com. Welcome to a special on-location edition of Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here at the fourth annual SF Cheese Fest, a gathering of over 20 California-based cheesemakers, plus local wines, beers, ciders, and live music. On today's show, I'll be bringing this urban cheese festival of San Francisco to you, listeners. I'll be chatting with a handful of cheesemakers here, giving you a virtual taste of what's happening in cheese in California these days. All right, listeners, here we are. I'm at SF Cheese Fest, and I'm with Donna of... Donna, I've asked you twice now to tell me how to pronounce the name of your cheese company, and I need you to do it again. Three times is a charm. Ashadinia Cheese Company. Ashadinia Cheese Company. So, Donna, you and your husband run the cheese company, is that correct? Along with with our... your four grown kids. That's it. Okay, cool. Now, tell us, how long have you been doing this? So, we've been making cheese since about 2000. Not always good, but, but pretty good. <laughs> I always say with new, new cheese makers, it's not about quality. When you're first getting started, it's about just figuring out what's going on here. Right, right. So, uh, how many cheeses did you bring to the SF Cheese Fest today? So today I only brought two that we're actually sampling. Okay, and what are they? We have fresh curds, uh, which is a blend of both goat and cow's milk. And we have the brancha, which is very similar, but it's aged six months. So it shows you kind of the, the difference between a very fresh cheese with the same recipe to an aged cheese. Okay, and so these are both mixed milk cheeses. And are you buying your milk from, from a local farm, or do you have your own animals? So we're farmstead, all the milk is produced on our property, giving us a little more control over how the girls are treated and how they're fed and, and those important things. Wow. And so how many animals do you take care of on the farm? So our oldest son owns 80 cows. We have 50 goats. We've got 150 beef cows. We have 15 pigs. We have seven chickens. We have <laughs> dogs, horses, ducks. Um, a little bit of everything. The occasional barn cat oh, as well. quite a few, yes. <laughs> I have a three-legged one today. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, okay, four grown children, you and your husband, 
I'm always curious about how family business operations play out. Is this something that you had always wanted to do with your kids, or did everybody kind of stumble into it? Tell me a little bit about how this all came together. So family farming, really, there's not an option. The kids are raised in the industry, and um, and that doesn't mean that it's all warm, fuzzy meetings. There's a few meetings where we're yelling and screaming and cursing, um, but it's, it's the dynamics. I do believe we're much closer because everything we do, we talk about each other with, and it's the big decisions are made as a family, and so I think it's huge. So you mentioned your son owns some of the animals. Does each of your kids, do each of them sort of manage a different part of the business or how is it, how is it organized? That's where we're going. Um, our oldest son has the cows. Um, next son has a Class A license. He picks up all the brewer's grain that we feed to our girls. Um, and he hauls gravel and he does a little bit of everything. But that's based on our ranch. My daughter's going to school for marketing now. Ah. And the youngest one is just in high school. And so uh-huh. we're not pushing that. Yet. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> you never know at that yes. point. <laughs> But the goal is is for all of us to basically, for our kids to be able to have the opportunity to work off the farm and work together rather than, you know, basically one not being able to afford to sustain the farm and losing the farm. So. Right. And so you've had, you've been making cheese for almost 20 years. Right. But the farm, has it been in your family for longer than that? So my father-in-law bought the property in 1969. And so my husband was raised on the property. Aha. Uh-huh. And what about you? Did you have a farming background? No, my dad was Air Force. And so I, I definitely was a fish out of water. So you almost went from one extreme to the other because the farming life is so grounded, literally, right? It's so attached to one place. But there's also regiment. There's a certain, you know, you milking time is the same every day. Feeding time, Christmas Day, birthdays, it doesn't matter. So there's that comfort in having that 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 regime, basically. Yeah, I never thought about that before, but I could see how that you would, even though it seems like such an exotic difference from being an Air Force kid, in, in a way, it's almost in the day-to-day, maybe there is some overlap there. Some similarities, yeah. <laughs> And so is this your first time at the SF Cheese Fest? No, we or uh, a representative of our company has been here every year. Great. And what are you hoping to get out of it this year? Oh, um, I don't know. It's always nice to see the other cheesemakers. I'm sorry, I'm a social butterfly. So <laughs> it's always fun to see everybody and, and see people come in and kind of being able to explain to them, you know, how we feed our animals and being a farm, you know, a small family farm. I love the dynamics. Do you feel like when you connect with other cheesemakers, you trade secrets and and ideas or is it more like commiserating with people who really understand your day-to-day life? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think most of us are working so hard in what we're doing that when we all get together there's just that kinship and 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 it is it's, it's definitely a different level. Now tell me also where exactly the cheese company is located. How far did you come to that? So we're in Petaluma. We're huh. just on the outskirts of Petaluma. So that's not too bad. No. Not too big of a trip. No, no. <laughs> no it's easy. How long are you going to stay in San Francisco? Uh, oh, I'll be home tonight. Oh, yeah. Back to it. Yes. Well, Donna, thank you so much for joining me on air today. This was so fun. And listeners, check out the cheese from... Ashidin. Say it again. 
Ashadenia Cheese Company. Ashadenia. I got this. I'm never going to forget it. Okay, thanks for chatting. Listeners, next up, I'm here with Michelle from Stite Dairy Cheese. Hi, Michelle. Thanks Hi. for chatting. Hi. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Michelle, Stite Dairy Cheese, I don't know you guys at all, which is why I was really excited to chat with you. This is totally new cheese to me, and I'm assuming for a lot of our listeners, probably the same. Tell me, what cheeses do you guys make? How long have you been making cheese? Who are you? Yeah, so um, we're Stite Dairy Cheese, and we started our cheese business just a few years ago, so we're actually very new. We started selling cheese two years ago. Oh my gosh, good for you. Thanks, yeah. And you, you know what, listeners, Michelle looks really well-rested and calm. <laughs> I don't see like a lot of stress happening yeah. here. Very impressed. Living the dream, I guess you could call it. So Stite Dairy Cheese, we actually started because my dad was formerly from Holland, and while he was there, he developed a passion for making cheese, more specifically Gouda cheese. So we make a raw Gouda cheese um, with our Holstein cows. So we use the milk directly from the dairy, which is considered a farmstead cheese. So that's our primary cheese. We make um, eight different flavors of the Gouda cheese. Mm. Yeah. And then just um, more recently, we started making cheese curds in both regular and garlic flavors. And so, of course, those are pasteurized, and those have been a big hit amongst people. Well, I have family roots in Wisconsin, so I'm a big cheese curd fan myself, and I'm sure they're they're delicious. They I hope good. so. We get a lot of feedback comparing us to Wisconsin, and we've been doing okay, and we've gotten some... You know, how is it different? So I'm actually going to Wisconsin next month. So I'm oh, really... A little, a little R&D. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to kind of compare it so that way I can come back with a little more knowledge to, you know, explain to people what's different, how it tastes different, things of that nature. Well, so is it the... Are they the curds from the Gouda cheese? Is it just that you're saying make, but you pull the curds? Or is it a totally different process? It would be a totally different process. Um, if you were to actually age the curds the way we age our Gouda cheese, it would actually turn into a cheddar. So a different style. I mean, I guess one of these days we should really just age that wheel of cheese and see what it tastes like after it's, you know, not a curd anymore, but it would be, um, it wouldn't be a Gouda cheese. Right. That would be kind of cool just to age to actually make a few wheels from the curve yeah. and see what, see what turns up. I know. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm super curious. So stay tuned. I actually um, started working for the cheese plant last year. So I am very new and still learning a lot along the way. Um, my sister is actually our head cheese maker. So she's kind of learning the ropes from her, I guess you could say. Wow, is that an older sister or younger? She's an older sister. Uh (laughs) So, okay, your dad came from the Netherlands. That's where the dairying background comes from. Is this a fully family operation? Yeah, it's a family operation. So my parents actually, they oversee more so the dairy side of things because we do um, run a Holstein dairy where we milk about 500 cows. And then my sister and I actually run the cheese plant but because you know we're just kind of dipping our toes in the water a lot of the events they first start out with all four of us going and then you know they kind of turn into just my mom and I or my sister and I um, to kind of let go of the reins a little bit and 
let us, you know, learn and make mistakes and everything like that. So is this your first time, since you guys are pretty new, I assume it might be your first time at the SF Chiefs Fest, is that right? It's actually our second time. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this is our second time. We learned a lot last year, um, but I think coming in this time, um, you know, we're a year older, we've learned a lot of things, we, you know, we're ready to just go in full force and see what happens. <laughs> were, were there any surprises at the Chiefs Fest last year? Um, well, so last year when I came to the Chiefs Fest, I had actually only been working for the Chiefs plant for, I want to say, two months. You're like, uh, it's made with yeah. <laughs> Everything was a surprise at that time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just, I mean, I have a passion for, you know, talking to people and learning more and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, there were surprises, but we conquered them. We're back. Awesome. And tell me a little bit, since you're really just focusing on one cheese plus the fresh curds, how small is your production? Are you making tons of the Gouda, or is it really like you're still kind of just learning how that cheese is playing out and focusing your efforts? So right now, I think that we have downpacked exactly what we want with the Gouda. It was more so a recent thing that's happened within the last, you know, the last half year. But at this moment in time, we know what we like and we're ready to just go full force. Um, right now, we only make our cheese as it's needed. Um, of course, with the holidays coming up, we kind of, you know, have to make a little bit more to meet the demand of that time. But um, yeah, we're ready to we're ready to take this nationwide. Let's go! Oh wow, listeners, watch out! Um, what is the name of the cheese? It, we, we talked about it being a raw gouda, but do you have a name for it, or is it just stipe cheese raw gouda? So yeah, right now we just have the stipe dairy cheese, the raw gouda with. Just, of course, the additional flavored names on top of it. We don't right. have it personalized to mm. what we have maybe, right yet. Maybe at some point. Yeah, let's talk next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more question. Um, what are you, like, as you were packing up to come to San Francisco today, what were you looking forward to? What were you excited about? Like, what gets you kind of riled up about an event like this? So I think um, perhaps one of the misperceptions about cheesemakers is oftentimes people think that they're our competitors. Yes, we all make cheese and we all want to sell our cheese and things of that nature, but realistically they're our allies. I mean, we come here to connect, we come here to learn. Um, you know, we're not really here to outbeat the next person. Um, so for me, that was the most exciting thing is seeing our friends. We go to a lot of different cheese events and it's the same people that go. So they're no longer just, you know, the people that make that cheese. It's, oh, our friends from right. this company. So I think more or less that was the most exciting part for me was just seeing our friends and catching up and asking questions that we still need help with. Yeah, and it's, there is definitely something to be said for being around people who really understand your day-to-day -day life, right? Yeah, that's correct, because they get every, you know, exciting moment, every struggle, you know, every learning curve that comes along the way, and because we're still new, we're still really, you know, trying to still learn and grow, mm -hmm. but what we've come across is even some of the largest cheese producers out there, they're still learning every day. So for us, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We love it. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today, Michelle. Listeners, you're going to have to keep an eye out for the Stite cheese, the Stite dairy cheese 
Is that how we say it? That, how should we say it? Yeah, we call it Stite Dairy Cheese because we like to um, shorten it, but I guess in theory it would be called Stite Dairy Farmstead Cheese Company. Stite Dairy Farmstead Cheese Company. Watch out for the raw Gouda. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break. Time for me to taste some cheese. I'll be back in a moment with more from the 2018 SF Cheese Fest. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of the Swiss Gruyere into the United States, but that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach Cave Age cheeses, Der Scharfe Max, Appenzeller, Tete de Moin, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. And we're back. This is your host, Elena Santigade, and I have been tasting my way through the SF Cheese Fest. So many cheeses I never get to taste on the East Coast, which has been amazing. Listeners, next up, I am here with Christian of Folly Cheese Company. Christian, thank you for joining me here in a corner of the SF Cheese Fest. Thanks for having me. So tell me about Folly Cheese Company. What, what, before you do, what I know is that your website has sort of a hilarious intro where it's pretty self-deprecating about maybe the folly that was your desire to cut loose with a new baby and start a cheese company. So that seems like it's your origin story as a cheese company, but tell us a little bit more about what got you started. Yeah, very much so. Um, having a new baby really made us want to step out and do our own venture. Um, but we actually started a cheese long before this. My wife's the head cheese maker at Tomales Farmstead Creamery. And she and I learned to make cheese together back in North Carolina at Heritage Homestead Goat Dairy. Very um, cool. Very small goat dairy making flavored chefs. Did you meet there or were you there as part of a, fi- a family goal? We met in college. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, back in Florida. And so we've bounced around quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so after working in the corporate side of cheese for a little while, uh, as Amy's Kitchen Dairy Bar, I finally stepped away and got to do the farming aspects, spend more time with my family, and start Folly Cheese Company. So we started about a year ago, um, so we're very new, it's just my wife and I, and we only make 10 wheels of alpine-style cheese, and only six months out of the year when the grass is green. So you're making 10 wheels a month? Yeah, just 60 wheels a year. Wow, and it's only when the animals are out on pasture eating fresh grass. Exactly. So, so super seasonal. Very seasonal, and it's perfect for us here in California because the grass is green in winter, mm-hmm. and our cheese takes six months to age. Ah. So it's ready for market all summer long. Got it. So, interesting. That is a low production operation. <laughs> uh, are you finding that people are just banging down your door for cheese? Well, the word's gotten out a little bit, and we're still very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 
We would like to intentionally grow. Fun. What does that mean exactly? It, some cheese companies grow very quickly to meet their sales demands, and I think that they skip steps along the way. Hmm. And I think that when you take your time to grow slowly, you can maintain the quality and integrity of the product. So at this point, uh, is there a certain aspect of the cheese making or the, the entire operation that you're focused on right now? Well, the operation being very small, every little detail has to be focused on. Right. Um, making sure that the cheese is all coming out the same. Consistency can be lost when you make too much too quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's part of that intentional growth sort of thing you have in mind. Exactly. And we haven't been making this cheese that long. So how long have you been uh, We're on Bastrooper 4. Oh my goodness, this is the very beginning! Yes, yes, very beginning. So, have you been sleeping? Is it, are you still in a daze? I didn't realize that you were that new. Listeners, this is this is sort of an exciting time. We never get to talk to a cheesemaker when you're this this green and, and fresh into it all. Yeah, um, the cheese side of it takes up a good three days of my life. I also work another 50-hour-a-week job, and then I also create cheese professionally on the side. Ay, 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 that's a lot. And I have a five-month-old. <laughs> So you, the answer to my question is, you're not really sleeping. I haven't slept in a while. <laughs> Are you having fun? Oh yeah, every moment. That's good. So now that you're in it somewhat, is there a difference between what you expected this moment to look like versus what it looks like in reality? I was expecting to have quite a bit of cheese left in the cave, but I think after tonight, everything's sold. Wow. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in terms of the SF Cheese Fest, is selling cheese part of you know, the goal for this event for you? Or um, you know, what do you expect as you were packing up and on your way here today? So, I mean, we have a lot of good friends here. We've been in the artisan cheese space for a while. And I did expect picking up a little bit of business here. Um, but so many cheesemongers have come out of the woodwork and said, I've seen you on Instagram, I've seen you on Facebook, everyone's talking about you, we'd really love to get a wheel. And I'm like, I'll get you in the spring when there's more. <laughs> I'll add you to the list. It's a very nice problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Well done. And, and you know, creating scarcity is, is a smart thing. There's actually an ice cream shop in Brooklyn that I think that has had huge success. It's called Ample Hills Creamery. And I, I always say that like one of the big, the, their huge turning point early on was that they completely ran out of ice cream. And the New York Times ended up doing a story about it and word got out and it was like that catapulted them into a, a whole different stratosphere of success. It's definitely one strategy. <laughs> so do you have a goal to basically shift your time to more time focusing on the cheese, you know, your cheese operation and less time into your other endeavors? Yeah, so right now I would say that our current cheese operation takes about five days out of my month. Yeah. Um, and I'd really like to get to produce twice a month uh, during the grass growing season. So really, it's just doubling our production, but it only takes one extra day. That's great. Well, good luck to you, Christian, and your young, growing family with this amazing new idea. Uh, listeners, I also tasted the cheese, and it tastes good. Thanks so much. Listeners, next up... I have not a cheesemaker, but 
a local star. I'm going to say local star, national star that's local to San Francisco, Rustic Bakery. I have Robin Luke from Rustic Bakery here. And listeners, if you haven't tasted their flatbreads, their cookies, their crackers, I don't even know what else, just adored their packaging, then you're missing out. Then go to the closest specialty shop and get some. Uh, But here we are with Robin Luke. And Robin, tell me a little bit about what you do for Rustic Bakery, what brings you guys here to SF Cheese Fest, and uh, just like any listeners who haven't tasted the product yet, tell us a little bit more about what you guys make. I'm Robin with Rustic Bakery. I'm the Western Regional Sales Manager. I cover pretty much Northern California and the Pacific Northwest. What I feel makes Rustic Bakery a unique artisan cracker company in Northern California is we are made with clean, organic, non-GMO ingredients. Huge. We have a plethora of lines, not just our signature organic flatbreads, which are unique because they are made from a sourdough starter, but we also recently recently launched our Artisan Crisp line. We're known for our really fun uh, specialty cheese coins that we partner with Fiscalini for a spicy three cheese coin and Point Reyes Blue for our blue cheese walnut coin. Mm. We're known for our shortbread cookies and also our seasonal holiday lines. Um, We're right now kicking off uh, the holiday season with our gingerbread line and our twinkles and snowflakes. And I think what makes Rustic unique in the cheese arena with the SF Cheese Fest is we partner with a lot of these folks. We're neighbors with several of these folks in the Petaluma area, and we always feel that cheese and crackers are the perfect pairing. It's so true. And I'm like a cracker fiend myself. What I like in particular about the Rustic Bakery flatbreads is the crunch. There's like such a good crunch there. It always gets me. Um, So how long have you been with Rustic Bakery, Robin? I've been with Rustic Bakery a little over a year. My background is from the cheese community. Ah. I was a cheese manager buyer for Nugget Markets and then prior to that started in a small cheese um, shop known as Market Hall Foods. So did you have your eye on crackers or was the transition from cheese to crackers kind of something that just came along? It was something that just came along. I wanted to get into outside sales, and I've heard of Rustic Bakery, and I believe in their product, and we have a great company culture, and um, you know it's a great t- group of people to work with, and we have a lot of freedom to be creative and partner with cheese companies, jam companies. Mm. Uh, we do a lot of dual demos. We're all about um, sharing samples and just getting the word out on Rustic Bakery and that you know there are great artisan crackers out there. It's so fun. It's so true that there are great artists and crackers out there, but it's not so common to have like such a clean ingredient list and to just be so delicious too. So, okay, next question is, how many crackers do you eat every day? Uh, it depends on the day. <laughs> Tonight, for example, I've been eating munching on our cookies, crackers. Uh, when you sell crackers, sometimes you don't eat them every day, but when you know you have them available to you, they're your go-to snack. Right. I think I would be, like, let loose with, a, with an inventory of rustic bakery. It, it would not be good for me. Or it could be amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about Rustic Bakery as a company. And in terms of, I mean, it's amazing. Like, here at the SF Cheese Fest, on every table, there's a little bowl of your crackers, which is pretty cool. Um, and that seems like it's one of these examples of your partnering with cheesemakers and, and doing events like this. Do you... Do you you mentioned that you get a lot of creative freedom. Is is participating in an event like this something that 
you know, you as a salesperson can kind of throw out there as an idea and the company goes for it, or how does it work? Uh, our company is very supportive of local events and national events. For example, our granola is being used with Clover's yogurt at Expo East right now. Cool. Um, we're very open to whoever approaches us. If their product is a good match, we partner a lot with Laura Schnellmer in French, mm-hmm. Cypress Grove, Point Riz, Beehive is one of our great customers. Um, we are here to support the cheese community. That's so fun. So, are there any cheesemakers that you're particularly excited about seeing at the SF Cheese Fest today? Or any cheeses that you're excited to taste or try? Well, I do know that um, I'm always happy to taste Cypress Grove because they're good friends of ours and Laura Schnellmer in French. Today, what I'm thinking to try is I saw Bellwether's Blackstone. Ooh, I saw was, that too. Which was awesome. And also, I know that um, Dreamweaver by Central Coast. Oh. Awesome. And I just suggested that he might try our Citrus Ginger Time Crisps with his Wash Dream Dreamweaver. Oh, great pairing. All right. On that note, let's go taste some. Okay. Thanks for coming on air. For coming on air. Thank you. Wow, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this window into the SF Cheese Fest. The California Artisan Cheese Guild totally knows how to throw a cheese party, that's for sure. I mean, it got a little loud there for a bit, but that's because everybody was having such a good time. So thanks as always for listening and tune in next week for more from my trip to San Francisco. On next week's episode, I'll continue exploring alternative business models for retail with a profile of San Francisco's worker-owned cooperative, The Cheese Board. I'm Elena Santagade, and you've been listening to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.